Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 205. It is March 4th, 2016. My guest today is Ray Spoon, who I had the pleasure of meeting, ooh, oh my God, probably like two or three years ago at Dixon Place. It was the first time I performed at Dixon Place here in New York City. And um, Ray was performing with Ivan Coyote, and they did a spoken word music thing. And I was doing a little segment of uh, Tentative Armor, which now is an album and a book and all this stuff. Um, And I was so inspired. Uh, I talked to Ray a little bit behind the scenes uh, backstage, and uh, they were telling me about Ableton Live, which I had just started using, and now I use it, and it's great, and I make work. It's kind of like what I saw that night. And uh, now that I'm saying all this, I realize I was inspired by that. So... um, Ray has a new album out. I need to tell you um, in the Mikey Pod confessional style that uh, this interview is late. I planned on putting it up the day of the album release, and I didn't. So you'll hear us talking as if it's the day of the album release. It's not. You should still buy it. Uh, The album is called Armor. You can get it at all kinds of places. Go to MikeyPod.com, and uh, you can... uh, (laughs) find links there and i believe ray's site is uh ray spoon and that's r-a-e spoon like spoon.com uh well let's listen to a track from the album and uh then we'll go right into the interview this is the title track from ray spoon's album armor which of course is titled armor
was Armor from Ray Spoon from their recently, as of today, released new album of quick bio. Ray Spoon is a musician, author, and speaker whose book, First Spring Grass Fire, was just named one of 10 best books by transgender authors featuring trans characters by The Guardian. Congratulations. And uh, Ray's eighth album, Armor, is out today, and you should check it out immediately. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. It's really, uh, the, I love the new album. Uh, I've been listening to it a lot since uh, you sent it my way. Uh, since we just uh, listened to the song Armor, let's uh, talk about that. Sure. That's a little, it's maybe a broad topic, but um, what what is that song about? Um, what is the song about? I mean, it's the title track off the album, and... I think I was writing about uh, like surviving in general, you know, um, yeah. the album that came out before this one was the score to a documentary that was about my childhood <laughs> and featured like a lot of, um, you know, personal things, painful things. And so when I was writing this album, I was kind of just writing about going forward, you know, from spending so much time exploring and kind of sharing that, you know? Um, so I guess, just the idea of like having the right amount of protection and but also the right amount of vulnerability, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh the album itself, you've you've self produced and play all the instruments on the album. I am I right about that? I did not play the electric bass or the drum kit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a friend of mine oh the cello. That must be noted. <laughs> and a friend of oh, mine cool. uh helped, he programmed a lot of the drums with the electronic drums. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you use Ableton Live, right? Yeah, I do. do I, yeah, I, um, I don't know if you remember. I opened for you and uh, and Ivan at, at Dixon Place in New York City. That's yeah, how we I originally do. met. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I was just beginning to dabble in Ableton Live, so I was like, "Oh my god, look what Ray's doing!" <laughs> so uh, it was it was super. Uh, so I loved the, the way that you combined uh, the text and the music and the songs. Uh, weaving out of each other and it had a huge influence on me instantly so um that's part of why I'm super I'm, I'm super psyched to talk to you what like um i i was just reading another interview with you about um the pro, the the idea of producing your own album and this is your eighth album but yeah. is it your first to self-produce it's the first one i self-produced like um i co-produced everything i've made with like different people so, yeah, but this one was the one where I would decide to kind of just be the sole producer, you know? Yeah. What, um, I always want to ask people about, like, terrifying things. And, like, because, uh, 
producing something like that, what, what, what was that experience like? What, were you afraid of, um, not, of missing? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my experience in that type of thing is like, I mean, I'm doing this all by myself. What if this is terrible and, and I don't have any idea that it's bad? You know, was that, <laughs> did that type of experience happen to you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, you know, and then I, I usually do a lot of, I can do a lot of stuff at home with my computer and I have a lot of recording stuff and, and I can work with, with other people and collaborate in Ableton, you know, without actually, actually Alex was in Berlin the whole time. So I can kind of collaborate with people when it comes to going to the recording studio and putting the final stuff on. I'm always really nervous. I think every album I'm like really nervous it's going to be a total failure. <laughs> You know, or like that I'm going to miss the mark, right? So, um, but that just pushes yeah. me harder. I was also writing this one like right up till when I went to record it a couple, like a month or two ago. So it was a little bit of a interesting time. Um, but I decided I really wanted a new album to come out. Like I wanted new songs to play and that it was time. So, um, but I have people I work with like consistently who mix, like I think having someone who mixes it for you is really helpful mm-hmm. and someone else mastering it. So you have these people between you and the finished album that can, you know, notice these things where everything's yeah. sitting and, and give suggestions on if there's like a hole somewhere, you know? Oh yeah. Excellent. Um, I'm hesitant to ask about your books because first, like it uh, just because we were doing this interview, I started digging deeper. And I was like, Oh look books. And I haven't read any of your books and it's super exciting about, uh, this guardian listening that just happened recently. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. It's really cool. I think my book has been out like three and a half years, that one. It was my first book. So and it's, it's a and book I wrote. Yeah. Um, it was about my, it's like short stories about growing up in Calgary, Alberta, you know, in the Texas of Canada in a Pentecostal family. And, and I wrote it for the director of the film, My Prairie Home. Basically, I started writing these stories for her um, so she could know anything about me for the film. Um, right. Yeah, and then it turned into a book as like a, at the end of it. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, The Guardian, that's like, that's a totally different country than, you know, Canada, and yeah, so it's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, is it like one of those? I'm pretty sure they own Canada, but no. <laughs> that's awesome. So, My Prairie Home, the film, is it available online somewhere for people to access? Or is it... Um, um, actually, you might want to check that, because it has been on, like, you know, iTunes in Canada for... A while, but I don't know if it's available internationally yet. Um, people, you know, it's screened a lot in the states and other like outside of Canada, but I'm not sure if they've actually put it up for digital distro, like for just to access it. So it'd be worth yeah. checking out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig that up, and it, for people who are listening to this podcast, um, I, whatever I discover, I'll write in the body of uh, show notes about this podcast. So if there if it's available in the states, I'll put a link. But if you're in Canada and listening to this, you should be able to find it in iTunes, probably. Yeah. Yeah, or on the National Film Board website. Got on that. So I'm going to make a little note of that. Um, so you're touring Canada, right, with this album? Yeah, it's pretty extensive. I've moved to Victoria, which is like on an island you know, above California, <laughs> and I'm going from there to Newfoundland, which is like an island above, you know, the east part of the state, <laughs> so I'm kind of yeah. getting everything across. I'm doing a lot of flying, so that's good, but it's quite, uh, quite large. Yeah, it's a, I was just looking at the list, and I feel like such a terrible American. Whenever I'm thinking about Canada, I'm like, these are all these places that I have no idea about that I feel like I should know about. 
Um, but you're like traveling pretty much the width of the country, right? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so it'll be good though. I think I, I decided to go to like good music towns, you know. So you and I don't usually yeah. go all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland. I was like, yeah, but that's such a great music town. So I kind of just added them, added it into the tour. You know, when I live so far on the west, I might as well go all the way across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. That is exciting. It's, I, I, one of the reasons I do this podcast, especially recently, I've been doing it for years, but because I've started to do my own work, there are moments like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do something like that. So it's really interesting to uh, to like hear people who are in the process of you know releasing album eight and going on a that's a, a, a it's a big tour. Like doing something like that is super exciting to me. So yeah, super fun. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, Stolen Songs, since we're going to listen to that. Um, but I, I'm curious, like one of the things, I think I just lifted this right from another interview, that you're saying the Stolen Song is a call to, to folks, including myself, uh, to stop using identities that don't belong to us in our art, which I think is a really interesting um, uh, thought, because that happens a lot. And I, I, yeah, I have questions about sort of the Intricacy, intric- mm-hmm. intric- I'm not saying that word right. The details of that. <laughs> yeah. So in general, like, like, tell, like, yeah, background on that. <laughs> background on it. Well, you know, the background was that I saw a music video by a band that had um, a gender variant, maybe supposed to be trans character, um, and I knew no one in the band identified that way. <laughs> um, you know, and right. and and you know, the actor in it was a cisgender person, and I just I found it really I found the portrayal of it very like stereotypical, and and I was actually like really hurt by it in some ways. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of writing the song. You know, like why do people use identities that aren't theirs? You know, to um, communicate things in art, and and in some way, you know, I kind of I thought, why don't they just let someone else who was like, why don't they just give them? <laughs> you know, like in my in my opinion, you know, a lot of the time if it's not something that you have the experience of, um, often it's better just to give other people a platform, you know, like if you care about something like homophobia or transphobia or racism, but you don't like belong to a group that's actually being oppressed by it. Um, yeah. So that it came from a feeling. It was more like about a feeling of having it happen to a group I was in, you know? Um, and right. I just started writing this song and I, you know, I usually just write songs that are kind of upbeat when I'm sort of like upset. <laughs> so, so I started writing a song and I was all like, you know, self-righteous, like, yeah. And then I realized like, oh, I've totally done that. So many, you know, I've made that mistake a lot of times myself. So I made sure I included a verse like singing to myself about it. And, and, um, and there's a lot of issues coming up within like the music scene in Canada. There's, you know, the big entertainment paper in Toronto now magazine right now the um cover story is about racism in the toronto music scene uh there are a few bands in canada who've been criticized and boycotted and and uh, protested for choosing names that are, you know that are considered that are racist <laughs> you know groups they don't belong to and these names um so it's like a very hot issue right now in canada the idea of appropriation and and i guess um it's just something that i, be- I believe in like i'm not going to go and actually into someone's work and tell them what to do but I I felt like writing the song since I was writing it you know it was a way to put it out there without being too self-righteous and without you know acting like I know everything because I don't <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of it's delicate right because like, if you write a political song you, you have to be careful that you don't come off act like really evangelical you know as if I'm yeah. not a part of it or can't do anything wrong so 
um, you know, basically I just think if someone comes up to you and says like, you used my identity in your art and it hurt my feelings, you could just be like, oh, sorry, <laughs> I'll try not to do that again, you know. <laughs> so. Wouldn't that be like great if we were able to do that in all <laughs> settings? You know what I mean? Like, I, and I know I do it too. Like if someone says something like that to me, maybe not about that topic, mm-hmm. my first response is like to try to defend myself. Yeah. And really like it's not my experience to tell them that they are getting wrong you know like mm-hmm. it, like the idea of just saying oh sorry like how can I how can I be better would be really it's hard bad. you know so I definitely experience oh, yeah. defensiveness <laughs> so but, yeah. you know it's, it's happening so much in the music scene uh the indie rock scene that I'm you know it just got to the point where I'm like if people are protesting you know I don't know Maybe you should take a look at that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's usually a good indication that something might be up if someone has a picket sign. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, uh, going back to your... um, your albums like and and your beginning in in music and and putting music out... um, this is another one of those broad topics that I get very curious about. I'm not exactly sure what questions to ask, but... I mean, because what, how did you start making music is such a vague question, but how did you start making music? Like, where did, <laughs> where did that come from in your life? Um, yeah, I always think of music as probably one of the only gifts the Pentecostal church gave to me, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah. You, you grew up with music all around, and, and you're pretty much forced to sing at church. Like, you're not allowed to not sing, really. So, so that's kind of like a good practice, I guess. And I just, you know, um, so I go with that, and, and uh, I started playing guitar when I was like 11, you know, and started writing songs and, and playing in band in school. And by the time I was 16, I decided that was like what I wanted to do was write songs. I, you know, I recorded my house, I had like a four track recorder in my basement, and I would make cassette tapes and sell them at school. And, and yeah, so I kind of went right from graduating high school into playing shows you know, and hosting open stages underage and bars and all the kind of adventures that happen when you're, you know, a teenager and you want to be a musician. Um, yeah, and then I moved to Vancouver when I was 20 or 19 or so and started playing, like, country music, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I kind of mm-hmm. missed Calgary when I moved, so, yeah, and I had this sort of five- or six-year-long country music career and, you know, played a lot of folk festivals and, yeah, kind of picked up from there. <laughs> But always, always very songwriting focused, you know, like whatever genre I'm in at the time. I like, I'm really into songwriting and the structure of songs. So, yeah, That's and it. even your your recent stuff has sort of I don't know if it's a country tinge, but definitely like a sort of folk feeling to it. Even though there's a lot of electronic happening in there and synthesizers and and program drums, uh, it's it has um, a, a sort of um, ah organic feel. At the same time, which so it, it feels like that that sort of um, path is those pieces of it still are a part of your work, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think you can definitely hear that I love Dolly Parton in my songs, right? <laughs> there's choruses, there's verses. I don't know. Yeah, and the, the and there's like a um a sort of storytelling feeling to the songs too. Even you know, even the ones that aren't straight up storytelling, there's a sense of like. Uh, them being personal in a folky way. I don't know. I don't know the word for what I'm trying to explain, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, organic, totally. I think, is, yeah, I think a, a yeah. lot of electronic music is a bit less lyrically focused, you know, and rock. Like it's more like about 
the music and the drive of the music. And, and so I, but when I was approaching, you know, electronic or indie rock and kind of like moving to that, I, I, I always think like you, you can't just go into a genre without bringing your strengths, you know? So I thought, well, I can still sing and write songs in this. So since that's something I had always been doing, I kind of just carried it across as much as I could. Cause that's about something I could do maybe more uniquely in the genre. Yeah. Or something like that, like that to combine that history with that. So, yeah. Who are you listening to lately? Right. Well, right now I'm producing someone else's album, like co-producing it with a few people. So I'm also listening to that. A oh, friend okay. of mine from Calgary. Yeah. So I'm kind of uh, doing that and practicing. So I'm not listening to a lot of music right now. But uh, I am one of the million people who got Rihanna's album for free. So I think as soon as I'm done that, I'll be listening to Rihanna. <laughs> I like you have just inspired me to listen to Rihanna. <laughs> I like it. I really love pop music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, a, there's a lot of other stuff yeah. to listen to too. But. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sort of. I, I'm just having. Yeah. I'm. I've been a lifelong music snob, <laughs> and, and I'm growing out of it. Like just over the past like, maybe five years, have I started growing out of it? So I'm like, oh. Like, I catch my, like, this is one of those moments that I'm like, Rihanna. And then I think, oh, <laughs> I don't know anything about Rihanna. Why would I make a, like, make a poopy face about Rihanna? So, yeah. So, that's now on my list. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I think we should wrap this thing up. But I want to make sure we tell people where they can find you. Uh, your website is rayspoon.com. And that's R-A-E spoon, S-P-O-O-N.com. And uh, I know you're at Ray Spoon on Twitter. Is that where? Is that your uh, Instagram name too? Yeah, it is. Um, I love it. I love. Uh, I, I want when people have their own name on uh, social media things. I want to be like, congratulations, you got it before someone else did. <laughs> but I I'm guess Ray, Ray, Ray Spoon is such media. a. <laughs> I always like nabbing I, like, things. I, I do that too. Like if there's something that's on the horizon, some sort of social media thing, I'm like, I don't care whether I'm going to use this or not. I'm grabbing my name just yeah, in like, case it becomes a peach thing. What's that peach one? Peach. That's the one I just ran on to. And I was like, just grab my name. Oh my <laughs> Go. gosh. I don't even know about that yet. I'm going there now. <laughs> Go on peach now. Um, I don't have any called... friends on there, but you know. Oh, I'll be your, I'll be your, <laughs> your friend on peach. <laughs> there's one called Mewe that I'm on. M-E-W-E. Oh, okay. And I get I get I get emails from them all the time, and I I don't I don't think anyone is on it, but I have my <laughs> own name there. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Congratulations on the um, album, and um, it's available. I'm assuming everywhere, right? It's digitally released yeah. throughout the world of that. Um, do you have a preferred place you would like people to purchase it? Um, maybe Bandcamp if people use it. I know that it's just because they give those nice big files, so it sounds better. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Bandcamp fan too, and also I get, yeah. you get an email when someone buys something. I always like to exactly. like thank you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> totally. um, but don't let but buy it if you're not going to buy it on Bandcamp. Buy it somewhere um, and check it out if nothing else. And thanks, Ray, so much for joining me today. Thanks so much. If you grew up in a nothing town where they sing the same song in every house, then I can see what made you so hungry. 
That was Ray Spoon with Stolen Song from their latest album, Armor. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name for, for a second. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today and every day. Um, I've been talking to you. Uh, let me do some housekeeping type things. Um, I've been talking about this subscription service I'm doing called Drip. Well, sadly, that site is closing down. <laughs> I'm really sad about this uh, because I thought it was a great site and it was perfect for a musician uh, in a way that I don't think Patreon is. Um, Still, I think I'm going to move to Patreon, uh, but I haven't made that decision for sure. And I'm open to your suggestions about this. Um, My drip page is my drip page is open until uh, March 18th. Eh, Some of the things on Patreon, I don't know. Uh, Patreon seems like it might be a good place for me to just you know, like be like a collection of all the, cause I put out so much content in terms of videos on YouTube and uh, this podcast and then my music and blog posts. And it might be an interesting place to sort of pre-release a lot of things uh, to people who are subscribing. Uh, I'm trying to get my head around all this in. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, don't join my drip page. I don't think you can anymore. Um, because they've uh, closed down signups and the whole site is going down on the 18th. I'm going to save my posts from there and move them to whatever subscription format I move to. So that said, you can check me out at MikeyPod.com. My website, my main website is MichaelHeron.com. I have been working on a lot. I'm working on a show uh, that I'll be performing here in New York City and hopefully traveling with it after that, um, which you can uh, come and see in New York. It's in October, in, uh, excuse me, yeah, October, uh, late October. All the dates are on my website at michaelherron.com, and uh, I'm doing a reading of it on April 26th, 28th at Judson Memorial Church, historic Judson Memorial Church. It's a beautiful place, and uh, those are my stories. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. I don't know who's next. I haven't lined anything else up. Uh, why don't I get on that while I'm uploading this thing? Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.